Do you want a cash-flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom? Sunsets and palm trees on your terms. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started with no money or credit and quickly grew a multi-million dollar portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson, and today we've got a really great episode. I've got my good friend, George Brayu here, and we're going to talk about a little bit of everything. We're going to kind of go around the world because a lot of things have changed. A lot of things are happening in the multifamily space that you're going to want to pay particular attention to, not to mention, where are the opportunities? Where can you find the deals? Because deals are starting to fall out of the sky right now, if you know where to look. And George is going to talk about that here in a minute. So before we do that, guys, a word from our sponsors. Hey, this is Shelly Peterson, Corey's better half. My husband shares amazing stories of the good, bad, and ugly of apartment investing. And while many of you want to do this yourselves, we have found that a lot of you would like to invest alongside with us. If that is you, I want to invite you to get on a short webinar where we discuss our deal room and how you can be a part of our private investor club. Go to kahunainvestments.com forward slash webinar and register now. You won't be disappointed. Again, go to kahunainvestments.com forward slash webinar and we look forward to sharing our private deal room with you. All right, we're back. Guys, this is going to be a great episode. We've become good friends over a period of time now, and the market is changing all the time, guys, and it's the little things that make a difference, and George is going to unpack a lot of the things that he's doing right, I believe, that is going to make a significant impact in the 2023, like this end of the year and going into the future of what's out there. So, George, welcome to the show. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. So, for anybody that's new to listening right now, can you just kind of give a brief background story of who you are, man? Yeah, I'll try to keep it brief, but you know, I've been investing in real estate for full time for about 17 years now. Started in the single family space, worked my way up to the small multi, started a construction company somewhere in that journey, and then started doing some ground up stuff, some development projects. And then it was about seven years ago I started getting educated on large multifamily syndications. Before that, I didn't know you could syndicate and Acquire these large deals. I thought the people buying these apartments were REITs or just had a ton of money. So I fell in love with it. The 11 years before that, I mean, all I was doing was grinding and grinding and trying to grow my business and grow my business and do more single family or small multi. It was a pain, especially the management of it. So once I realized that I can be doing this and buying these 100 plus units at a time, I mean, I was all in. That's all I've been doing for the last seven years is just large multifamily deals. We've acquired about around 8,000 units and exited another 1,600 or so and want to just keep building that portfolio. Yeah. It's really about the long-term play, building the portfolio, holding them until it's the right time to sell. And which has been particularly hard for a lot of our stuff that we already own. That's I'm raising my hand on that one, right? It's been about getting lean and getting economically efficient as you can. What say to you about that process? Yeah, I mean, I guess when I started this, I already had the construction company in-house and I saw all the benefits of having that control and being able to know what we're going to have to spend for these value-add deals and being able to control that whole process and just be able to move through executing the business plan quickly. The part that we didn't have a lot of control with was the management arm and hiring third-party property management, which 
I want to say we became really good at asset managers, right? Yep. We hit a brick wall at some point. We can only push so much. Yeah. Sometimes it's just not enough, right? You're like, dude, I can only tell you how to do it so many times, but I can't make you drink the water. Exactly. Exactly. And I wanted them to drink the water. So we decided to bring it in-house. And you know, I was already spread pretty thin with the construction company and growing the portfolio. So it's been great. We've taken over a good chunk of our properties at this point and comparing the performance on the ones that we still have on third party and the ones that we have in-house. I mean, you can just tell, especially when you look at the expenses. And- Usually massive. I find that it's massive. I'm looking at some of my churn costs for student housing versus what we did this year because we're like, we are only going to sub out if we absolutely have to. How do we get the kids in early and start cleaning units and just trying to be efficient? And it's a miracle, <laughs> but not, right? It's called We Watched Our Dollars. And so you're experiencing the same thing that I've experienced as well, which is like, you can't make them drink the water, right? And they're third-party management companies for a reason. They're for profit. And even though I think it's thin margins, but truly the biggest problem in that whole equation is people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to get them to buy in, right? And to have your same core values and culture that's already built in the third-party management company. Yeah. You either like theirs or not, and that's what you get. And you can't influence it much because they don't want you talking to the staff and the people. They're like, that's our staff, our people. And as owners and operators, that's like, we don't care. We're like, but they work for us. Right. And so there's the rub. Yeah. They only let us talk to what the regionals and the higher ups, but ones that are really making things happen is your onsite staff. Yeah. It's the ones on boots on the ground. And so how do you affect those? And you come up with the same solution as I did. You got to bring it in house. And I think it's really weird because when you start this game, you have levers, right? You're like, okay, what levers am I going to play with, right? And like you already had a construction lever, which is a nice lever. Most people don't have that. Like to be able to understand the construction trade in and out and be able to come in and work on these properties to me is phenomenal. That's a huge piece of the puzzle that can truly could cost you like millions of dollars if done wrong. It can save you millions of dollars on the other side too, right? Yeah. I mean, especially I feel as of late, you know, in the last couple of years, it's the labor and the workforce and then your materials, man, with the supply issues. And it's been great. I hear about all these issues that other operators are having with their renovations and whatnot. And, you know, we're not having any of that because we control it and we've got our crews that work for us, just us. Yeah, it's about control and a culture, right? So like, this is the way we do it, the Elevate Wave. And so I love what you just said, though, and I believe this wholeheartedly, is when you're not a master of something, you hire for that speed, right? So you're like, hey, I know I wanted to create a construction or a management company, but I'm not going to just do it on my own. I'm going to hire some of the key personnel that I need so they can be more of the boots on the ground, Right. And that's really elevating yourself as a true CEO of a company saying, I don't have to be the guy. Now, let's talk about that because that's kind of actually a hard decision because you're still giving up a little bit of identity and control. For sure. And I've started from nothing, right? From scratch and worn all the different hats and started building the team afterwards. And nothing wrong with doing it that way. But where I'm at now and with the portfolio we have just made more sense for me to bring someone in and that just allows me to focus on the business versus in the business. Yeah, we've graduated, right? 
And that's the levels, right? So it's funny because most people listening right now, you probably have to do the same thing, right? Like you start doing it on your own until you can buy time or speed or personnel staff. Staff, a lot of times we're the jack of all trades and we're pulling all the levers until you're finally, you're like, you get your first big deal. You get a big payout. You're like, okay, now I can invest in another person. And I think that's the way me and George have done it a lot is for me, I actually have full staff, right? You can either do it through that way or you partners, right? Partner up and you find people they have the same vision. The only challenge with partners though, is that sometimes they tend to not do it. With employees, you can hold employees to the grind a little harder. That's just my opinion, right? Yeah. I mean, you definitely need to be aligned with your partners. Everybody knows there's bad partnerships out there too. Yeah. And we all have those lessons. But really, the operational excellency of what you're doing is yielding something better for all parties, right? So, I mean, we don't just do this for ourselves. We have investors and a lot of them that they want a certain thing, which called they want their money. They want their payday, right? And so in market cycles, like we just had, where you have a 100% rise in interest rates, even though you have cap rates, I've never once had to get to a top of a cap rate and have to use the cap rate that I bought, right? Like the lock, but we are now. And so like, that's a whole different conversation. And you're like, wait a second, guys, what we thought was going to happen now, the whole game plan, your whole performance is now done. Yeah. Nobody projected that their debt service was going to double. I mean, there's no way anybody made that projection. No, but again, we still have levers. And I think as operators, this is our job too, is to communicate to the investor pool of what's really going on. And then the main thing is, is like, we got to redirect the boat. Like if there's a Titanic iceberg that we saw, luckily our vision is a little bit better than what was on the Titanic. We're already course correcting. Right. And part of that is getting lean and bringing stuff in house as it makes sense. I mean, that's why I said well, we started two years ago with the management because I saw it coming. I knew there was going to be a downturn. I mean, it was, I've been through this before, right? Like, yeah. The state goes up and it's all great. And, you know, when it's happening. We all look like wizards, but this is where the true guys that understand and trying to have the foresight and it's not a perfect world. But the other part of that is if you hold real estate long enough, it always works out. Right. And the biggest challenge that I see, like here for me too, is communicating that to your investor pool because sometimes we all get short term blinders on on a long term project. And so, we got to just educate everybody like, listen, we make it up, but we make it up either on the sell at the back end. There's things we're going to do. Tomorrow's dollars are different. Tomorrow's opportunities are different. But this is a season of get lean and get mean and try to make sure that we operate for success. Yeah. I mean, I think you got to be able to adjust quickly. Sometimes that becomes difficult when you don't have the in-house management, construction, whatever it is. So just making sure we're positioned for the best outcome for our investors. Yeah. Which leads us into where we're at today because new opportunities are here, right? They are finally the deals that we're talking about when we first alluded to the show is where is the cheese and most people are not looking. So let's talk about what you're doing to find great deals right now because they're out there. Yeah. Our goal going into this year was one deal a month and then came the first and second quarter of this year, and there was no freaking way. We were submitting offers, but the sellers were just, their pricing was way off and they were still trying to price it same rates as last year, right? Or the year before. 
And I think now we're finally got two deals right now under contract and we're seeing more stuff coming out that makes sense. The numbers now somewhat align. The sellers are getting more motivated is what it comes down to, right? Or realistic. Like yeah. they're realistic that if I'm going to sell, I'm not going to get the 10x factor. They have to settle for kind of what they're going to get. Yeah. Look, a lot of what we used to do, especially in the beginning, is your heavy value add deals, class C, where we would come in and reposition the whole property and put in a bunch of renovations into it and retenant the property. But those are the deals that I haven't quite seen that make sense yet on the pricing. Pricing is still too high for that type of risk. You're not getting rewarded for the risk. Correct. So I mean, for like the last two years, we've been more focused on A-class. We've got some ground up projects as well. And we still see fundamentals are still strong when it comes to multifamily, especially in certain markets, the supply isn't there and the demand is. So we've been able to partner up with some developers on whether we're buying the property once they are done building it or between their lease up. And then we've now struck in a couple of deals with landowners and also with the developer on the actual build of it. Get it on way more on the front side of the whole project, right? Yeah. So there's still value to add. Everybody thinks, oh, but you're buying an A-class property. How are you going to add value? There's still a ton of ways to add value, right? Especially during the lease up, obviously, lease up the property, that's adding value within itself. We've also done a bunch where that first wave of leases have come in, but it's way under market. So we come in, we bump those rents up on the renewals, and we still renovate maybe the amenities is usually what we're touching. And maybe some of the interior units, we'll do something here and there, some smart features, and go in and increase the NOI, just like we would with a ugly value-add deal, except this is a much nicer property. And when you think about that too, like so the real thing in my mind is cap rates, right? When 1970s product are trying to trade for the same cap rate as almost a new build, you're like, what's going on here? The fundamentals do not make any sense. So why would I even go play with the trash when I can stick with the cash, right? Like that new pretty building that everybody wants to be an investor on that doesn't have as much maintenance or requirements. But then what George is saying is the micro repositionings, like, can we add some new amenities? What can we do to kind of spice this thing up a little bit? That's not too crazy. And then smart features. Everybody wants some smart features, especially in that A-class unit. That's a different type of tenant profile. And that's what they're looking for. Yeah. A lot of focus on community, building the community, which pays off on the renewals, right? So we've got a really good renewal rate on our A-class properties. And And by the way, that's usually the challenge, guys. So if you think about A-class properties, in that are unit until they can buy a home, right? But right now, rates are keeping them in the spot right? Because they can't go buy a new home and they don't have the downstroke to get it done anyways. And so they're staying longer in that A-class property, which typically would not happen. That used to be our number one reason for not renewing, right? Yeah. But for giving notice was that they were going to go buy a home. We haven't heard that. Yeah. So those days are gone. And by the way, I think that it is a trend to stay. I don't think that's going away because home pricing Values are becoming less and less affordable to the new home buyer. How do they get in? <laughs> they got to either drive till you qualify, which is to the ends of the earth, right? Of outskirt of every town. And then they're going to commute to whatever they're going to work. Who wants to do that? It's horrible. Not to mention all the other costs of home ownership, right? Yeah. Yep. So it's becoming unrealistic and it's not there. And people are just like, screw it. This is great. 
I have all the amenities here that I ever want and I need. That's our job, right? To make sure they got all the amenities and they want to stay there. Yeah. And so that's a great play, though. That's a great concept of what's going on because most people just don't understand that is the play, right? I think that makes the most sense in today's market where we're at, what you're doing. Now, the fact that you're partnering, George, with home builders, right? So think about the builders concept in my mind, as you were talking about it, I was like, what do builders like to do? They're developers. They like to develop stuff, build stuff. And then they're kind of out. They're not operators. They hate operating. They hate it. They're not operators. They have to do it to stabilize the asset to do what they really want to do is exit. Hey, would you like to learn more about Kahuna Investments in our deal room? Let's do virtual coffee. Book a 15-minute call with us so we can learn more about your investment goals and how Kahuna Investments can help. Go to kahunainvestments.com forward slash coffee to book your call today. Again, that's kahunainvestments.com forward slash coffee. Let's have some virtual coffee and get to know one another. If you're standing in line with the right group and you're like, hey, I'm your buyer every time, just sell to me right. You get to make some money. I get to own a good property. I'm willing to take it the rest of the way. Let's all just be fair. We can keep playing Monopoly. Yeah. You keep buying the red houses and building them and I'll buy them from you every time. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> essentially what we've been doing. I mean, all the developers we bought from, it's not one occasion, looking at several deals. Yeah. Great. And George is in the construction business. So he understands it, but like still partnering with the right people to make sure that it gets done. And that probably helps you just in how much money are they really making? You kind of have an idea. So you're like, just be fair. Let's make a deal. And for the right group, they understand it. They're like, check mark, right? Like, yes, that's exactly what we want. Yeah. It's going to be the right developer, right? We're helping develop in a sense. We're now helping get better pricing. Yes. Like I said, you even are being part of the land purchase, helping them do their thing everybody wins. Yep. Value add, right? That is the value. That's the lift, right? Greater value add than taking dirt and adding a building. Yeah. Buying it by the acre, selling it by the foot, right? Now, another thing, you know, so I know one of your new properties are in an area that I travel to once a year, and that's towards Rapid City in South Dakota. It's where the Black Hills are at. Mount Rushmore's there. And along with the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally that I just may or may not have been a part of. So I love Sturgis, me and my wife. I get to call her my old lady one week out of each year. She allows me to do that. And she rides on the back. And I do have the t-shirt that says, if the girl fell off. Yeah. We're going to see that. <laughs> but that city, now I've been going into it for seven years. And this is what I told George. I'm like, George, every year I go to there and I'm like, man, look at all this development. Like they're building apartments and I just see all this growth and development. And the city's got a regional airport. It's growing. And I drove by and I looked at some of these units. Me and my wife went into and we're like, oh, we should invest in here. And then all of a sudden, George's like, well, guess what? I'm under contract. I didn't just talk about it. I did something about it. And for all the economic reasons that we saw is like, that's a sleeper market. So let's talk about how you selected that market. Yeah. So it was actually back in during COVID, right? Maybe not right when COVID hit, but there wasn't a lot of deals getting done and we were still looking to how can we keep being active, right? And looking at deals. So we landed upon South Dakota and they hadn't shut anything down. The economy was still thriving, looking at all the other markets. And then we were able to find two deals in 2020 and we closed on those two deals. The one that we bought in Rapid City 
was the same owner that we're buying this new deal from. So he's a developer. He does operate and hold them a little bit longer, but he doesn't really push, right? He doesn't push the rents, kind of just holds them there. And when you're a developer, you have so much equity in the deal. You don't have the pressure of bumping the rents and making sure you pay your debt and all that. Yeah. Plus they got all bank money to build it anyways. So So there was a death in the family. Essentially the main owner of that developer passed away. So his family's kind of taking over and they decided they didn't want to have anything else in South Dakota because they live in Minnesota. So our broker that we know out there that we've bought other deals from brought it right to us and the seller knew us already. We had transacted with them. Yeah. Transacted. Boom. That's the key word. And this was a newer asset. They had built this. They had planned on having this forever pretty much. It's got 10 foot ceilings on the third floor and it's just built more like a custom feel to it. So man, we jumped on it right away. So I know the property, I actually drove by it this week or last week. It was like, I forgot to send you the picture, but yeah, I went and looked at it. Good looking property, right? Yeah, it's a great looking property. <laughs> Those are the type of stuff we're looking for, right? And so that's out of the box too, guys. I always say like, it's a classic, what are you looking for in an emerging market? You're looking for a regional like airport. So it's got an airport, it's got population growth, it's got job growth, and there's lots of development going on, lots of cranes, lots of construction, and a rental friendly environment, right? Like, I was there during the super spreader event of Sturgis, right? Like they were made all the headlines. Oh my God, 250,000 bikers are going to Sturgis. They're going to spread COVID massively. And South Dakota said, gave everybody the finger and they didn't care. And it was like so nice. I remember this because this was in the full swing of COVID, right? And we go to South Dakota. We're like, it's normal here. Like no one's wearing masks. Everybody was just cool. And they were just kind of like, it is what it is. And I was like, man, it was so refreshing. And that was just the way they handled it, right? And that's really a testament of that economy and who those people are. So what a great market. Just to give you some more stats there, right? We're buying this right at around, right under 180 a door, I want to say, A-class product. I mean, you saw it, real nice looking property. So what we've done also with these deals, when we put them under contract, under contract, it states that once we pass our due diligence period, they need to sign the renewals on our market rents. So now they had a huge amount of renewals during that period, two-month period. We've increased the NOI tremendously. I don't know the exact number, but I know that we're now getting more proceeds from our loan. Our preferred equity partner just put in another 500000 because of what the NOI is showing now. You don't hear that a lot, right? You property under contract and now before you close, it's better than it was doing. Yeah. He's like, oh my God, this is great. The seller's like, perfect. Everything works, right? Everybody's going to win, right? Is our business plan going to work? Yep. yep. Looks like it's going to work, guys. Every A-class deal we've done, we've done the same thing. Yeah. Amazing. So listen, as we kind of shut her down, and by the way, thanks for coming on, just giving us a bunch of wisdom. I just like shooting the crap with you and talking about what's going on because the marketplace has changed a lot. And I think we just covered a lot, right? But if they want to go find out about this deal particularly, where do they go? Go to our website. So Elevate CIG stands for Commercial Investment Group. So ElevateCIG.com. You'll see Invest With Us. Just click on there and tell you all the details about the deal. 506C? 506C. Yeah, perfect. So if you're listening to this right now, you're like, hey, I'm looking for to place money. Go check out this deal. Normally, I would never try to like promote someone else's deal because that would be sacrilegious, but I don't care, right? Like, listen, I know this market and I know the deal and I know George and I'm like, this is a good deal. It really is. It'd be one that you'd want to be definitely pay attention to. Thank you, brother. Thank you.
Yeah. So, and I would not, not say that if I really didn't truly believe it, because I know that marketplace, I've been watching it now for seven years, every year I go there and I've seen it over the seven years grow and grow and grow. And then I talk to the people there because I'm there for like seven or eight days doing my due diligence on my motorcycle, right? Here they've been on a motorcycle, we drive around everywhere. Again, another one right now, man. I'll let you know. <laughs> so now what do I do? What I'm probably kicking myself is George asked me to be a part of this deal and I was too busy. I got a lot of things going on, but now I may be kicking myself in the butt, but oh well. I'll keep asking. <laughs> All right. Guys, it's stuff like this. This is the real talk that you don't get on many other podcasts of like, what's going on in the marketplace? What do you got to do? And the things that you've got to do to be successful. And I think, George, you're a great example of what that looks like. What advice would you give newer operators right now as they're navigating through all this stuff? Oh, man. I would say you've got to find a way to be a great operator. There hasn't been a lot of focus on that. There hasn't been a lot of talk about that. But anybody that owns a deal right now, anybody that's looking to acquire new deals right now, I don't know what you're doing. You've got to have a strong team. You've got to be able to get in there, grind it out, and implement that business plan. It's not going to happen on its own. Like, you can't just count on a third-party property manager to hit your performance numbers. I mean, you've got to track them. You've got to adjust when needed. So make sure you understand that part of it. And if you don't, find somebody that does and partner on it or get the knowledge. Yeah. That's the easiest way, by the way, guys, is if you don't have the knowledge, go find it. And by the way, I'll plug myself here. If you're just getting started and you want to learn how to like find money and find deals, go to my website, Kahuna Wealth Builders, and click the Quick Start Workshop Series. We'll go over how to get broker relations, how to get deals coming into your pipeline, and then also how to start raising capital in a different way than most people do. And it's really about little things that you got to set up. And then the experiences. But the easiest way is to find someone like a George or a Corey and say, how do I add value? What kind of deals are you really looking for? Let me find one. Let me get it under contract. And then don't be coming and saying, oh, I want half. That will never happen, by the way. But be willing to give up a lot just so you can get a little so you can get the experience because the experience is the piece that you really need to be successful. Experience alone will be worth it, right? Yeah. Not to beat the dead horse there, but I think we were talking about this last time we were together was everybody celebrates when they close on a deal. Because yeah, raising the equity is tough, finding a good deal is tough, but the celebration is when you exit a deal or when you yeah. refi cash out. That should be your celebration. We started this, 8,000 doors I've acquired. That's not what I celebrate. I celebrate more the 1,600 that I've exited and the other ones that I've refied cash out. Those are my celebrations. Yeah. When you made the big dollars, yeah, the big wins, right? This is just part like, we're just getting started. You raise the money, big deal, right? I know a lot of people that raised money and then lost it all, right? They're in the news, by the way, right? So don't be that, right? Do good deals. Any books you've been reading, George, lately that's got your mind going in a tissy? Yeah, man, I'm always listening to something. Three things a CEO should do or something like that. CEO, a CEO should do three things. That thing, yeah. By Trey Taylor. Yep. Own that one. I've talked about it a lot. I actually think you're the one that told me to read that. I did. It's a great book. And this is what happens. This is why I always do this part of the segment on the show is books because readers are leaders. And so when you get into entrepreneurship, you got to find a way to inspire yourself and keep yourself kind of motivated and what's going out in the game. And so when you hear of a good book and someone, you should read this and is passionate about it, there's probably a reason why. And when you pick that up, you're like, oh, but that was a good read. You take one or two things from it, put it in your playbook. I literally think I bought it the same time you said it. I just went on Audible and boom. 
Yeah. And that's how I do it too. And I like, I used to read books. Now I listen to books, right? Way much faster. You can do that an hour every time you go on a walk or whatever, right? There's car ride. There's so many ways to consume that stuff now in a way that makes sense. George, again, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing your wisdom, your knowledge. And again, just so we can make sure everybody understands, where do they go to find you again? ElevateCIG.com. All right. Thanks a lot, man. Guys, it's podcasts like this. Don't keep us a secret, by the way. Go out and share it with your friends and like this thing and share it and put it out, post it out. We need to get the word out because I don't know of any other podcast that do it, does it like we do that really gives real talk with real investors, what's working, what's not working, the struggles, the triumphs, all the pieces in between. That's what nobody's talking about. Everybody has great stories, but it's the dirt. It's the things that we got to figure out how to operate, how to get successful. That's the stories that most people need to learn and listen to, right? Guys, success does not happen by accident. It is a choice. George chose to be successful. He chose 17 years ago almost, yep. right? To get in the game of real estate, started in single family and positioned just like most of us did. We went from single family to multifamily to owning over 8,000 units. That doesn't happen by chance. George had a vision, right? He watered that vision. He protected that vision. He sheltered it from all the people because once you start doing something new, people want to steal your dream, guys. They want to smash it. They want to smash your boy, right? Don't let it happen. You've got to protect it. you got to speak into it and give it life each and every day. You give positive reinforcements because success is so hard, but it's achievable. Guys, if you believe it, you can achieve it. And your paradise is possible. Mm-hmm.